Welcome to Get Wisdom with your hosts, Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. Imagine if God was a co-host. What if the historically rare ability to converse with God and get profound answers to questions has been rediscovered? What would God say to today's troubled world? Get Wisdom will share those answers. Now, here is Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. Welcome to another episode of Get Wisdom. I'm Brian Kelly, along with Get Wisdom founder and director, Carl Mollison. This week, we're going to take a look at uh, Creator's discussion on soul-level dilemmas. We probably could have labeled the show soul-level mysteries, but what we're essentially doing, Carl, is we're, we're probing for new knowledge about the reality of the light, the light realm and our reality as physical humans here, and when we transition, what are the differences, et cetera, et cetera. Well, I hope this will be interesting for folks. Uh, this, these are thoughts and speculations and deep mysteries people have pondered all through the ages. And we have the answers for you here today. So we hope you're entertained and learn something useful and something to ponder about your future. Because you're part of this. We're all in this together. and We're all sort of cut from the same cloth even though we act and think somewhat differently. But we have a particular origin and a heritage, and that's what we're speaking to. And some of the mechanistic aspects of what connects us to the soul and the souls to one another and how this all works. We're always looking for for new insights, Carl. You ask creator, a lot of people think about how much one cares for someone can be gauged by how much they worry about them their safety, and their happiness. We know, of course, the light beings in heaven still care for those left behind, but being in the light, do many continue to worry as well? Isn't worry a form of fear? All right, and this is what I channeled from Creator in answer to the question. You are correct in your analysis here that worry, indeed, is a form of fear, But as such, it has usefulness if it reminds people there are things undone, things in need of assistance for which one has responsibility and perhaps a duty to see to. So as with all emotions, positive and negative, there is a grand design and a place for everything when it is most needed and can be the key to a turning point to prompt making a decision for the better in some regard and taking care of business, so to speak. But beings in the light do not worry like humans do, and that is because of the purity of their existence. In fact, it is quite hard for them to worry, given that they are bathed in love and living in bliss, and even see your problems as quite temporary. After all, your lives are amazingly short from their perspective, so it is a bit like watching someone at a pool dive underwater. You know their stress is increasing, and sooner or later they will have to break the surface to breathe again. It is the same with an incarnation. To them, it is quite brief, and even if it is ghastly in the suffering underway, there will be rescue. There will be a return home in the end. This is not to say they are uncaring. It is just there is a difference in urgency and somewhat of a distancing in terms of ability and willingness to feel your pain as a struggling human. That will not be engaged in to any appreciable degree because that too is self-destructive and not constructive. 
and will not help the sufferer to have someone join in this suffering. That is the difference between the light being perspective and yours as a human. People in the living cannot help but worry about themselves and their safety and security and that of loved ones. And then from there, the larger sphere of human activities underway. The reason worry is such a great preoccupation during human physical existence is that this realm you inhabit is designed to explore the negative and have an opportunity to learn from being immersed underwater, so to speak, for an extended period with accumulated stress. And that can only be mitigated through actions of your own, suffering the usual handicap of being disconnected from the divine to a large extent and not understanding your true origin or purpose. All of this is for a reason and is the hardest thing for people to understand. Why is the world the way it is if there is a loving God overseeing everything? Why can evil persist? Why does God tolerate the evildoer and the prolonged suffering of many seemingly innocent souls who have all kinds of intractable problems? Well, to you, this just seems unfair and needless in a just world, given the possibility of divine rescue through offering abundance for anything needed, we can tell you there is a grand design here underway. You are in a living laboratory to learn and grow from observing everything that happens and its consequences. You cannot truly learn about evil unless there is evil done to you so you fully understand its consequences and walk in the shoes of the tormented and the targeted. So you will all, by turns, try your hand at everything, every station in life, every derail, every setback, and every temptation as well, to see to it you are drawn into the vortex of negativity and even end up as an evildoer for a time. You see this routinely in young children who must learn to socialize, to get along, and must learn morality to overcome their natural selfishness when there is a strong inner imperative to have something pleasurable happen and will take something from others unless they are stopped. So you are on a long learning curve of experimenting with life. Those beings in the light are used to their existence and so do not have an interval like childhood where they are coming from behind and having to relearn everything. So things just get better, more refined, more reliable, more predictable, and more perfect. There simply is no place for negativity in the light being existence to any significant degree. You know, I have to smile a little bit, Carl, <laughs> with the thought that Creator makes sounding the sound of being drawn into the vortex of negativity sound like a good thing. <laughs> but there is a grand design, Creator tells us, and I think that in our own quest to learn not to worry as much, it's probably incumbent upon us to learn what that great design actually is. Well, and we're learning more than we, we bargained for, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think there's any maybe about it, Carl. <laughs> well, when we hear the message that we are in a kind of pocket of evil in this vast universe of ours. We happen to be in this cesspool. Yeah. You know, welcome to the outhouse. I mean, this is, <laughs> this is no fun. 
when you're struggling and suffering and dealing with lack and and a lot of general craziness and corruption. But that is what evil does. It turns good into bad and light into dark. And our job, should we choose to accept it, is to heal the evildoers. That's our job. Believe it or not. So, so this this knowledge can help us at least to see the bigger picture and some of the outlines of what we're dealing with. I agree. You ask, Creator, we know a lot of the emotion of worry can come from the deep subconscious. We know the deep subconscious is not analytical or an abstract problem solver. What becomes of the deep subconscious when the departed enter the light? Does the deep subconscious know it's going home? How does it behave back in the light, and what does it experience versus its role with an incarnated human? All right, and this is what Creator shared with us. Your question presumes that the level of the mind, represented by the deep subconscious, is almost like a different being, when such is not the case. It is a working aspect of the mind as a totality but simply separated in its functional role and its ability to be perceived by other levels of the mind. So you have things a little backwards here. The deep subconscious is the closest to the reality of your existence in perceiving what it does. It is the most capable in connecting with the divine realm and most perceptive in being able to see the Akashic records and be able readily to reach out and be out and be reachable by outside consciousness, whether divine or not. It is the upper subconscious and the conscious level in particular that are orphans and have little understanding of things because they're cut off from the past and cannot see the future. That is why the conscious self is so troubled. Even though the deep subconscious is the source of negative emotion, because functionally it controls the body and reacts to adversity with an emotional response, that is the only way it has to signal the upper reaches of the mind about its concerns. So returning to the light is not a stress to the deep subconscious in the same way it is to other levels of the mind. The part you are used to thinking with, in effect, is birthed at the time of passing to be in yet another new environment without any memory of what is taking place. So what is needed ultimately is an integration of these levels of the mind, awareness and memory. So once again, all this functional unit and all parts of the consciousness involved can benefit from the hard one experiencing of its brethren, so to speak. That is what happens during the transition process, so that all vestiges of the soul, which are a form of consciousness after all, are restored and then reintegrated in light being mode to continue their journey. So the deep subconscious will not have a quandary to deal with in the same way as the conscious level, but it will still feel the isolation and the disruption in its existence. And so all parts of the mind have value and importance and need to be rescued when someone dies and the consciousness leaves the body in spirit form but is not able to interact with and respond to the light callers who come for them 
so they cannot be escorted back home. Indeed, the very existence of earthbound spirits speaks to the dysfunctional existence humans must tolerate and somehow overcome. And part of the risk in the incarnation itself to be a light worker and help humanity while knowing there are many, many pitfalls, one of the worst being the possibility of becoming trapped as a discarnate spirit and suffering greatly from being cut off from both realms of existence, high and low, as a light being or physical human respectively. This is why it is important for those in the living to get going in earnest, to work on healing their world and themselves, so things will get better. So what Creator is essentially saying here is that for anybody who gets stuck in limbo, they are still fragmented. You know, there's still that separation and boundaries between the conscious mind, the subconscious mind, the deep subconscious. And that returning to the light is not only returning to a grander environment, returning home, so to speak. But it's actually a reintegration. It's a reassembly of what has been broken into puzzle pieces back into an integrated whole. It's kind of a new insight for me, actually, Carl. Well, and this begins to help better define some of the consequences of the dilemma that has been shared with us, that we've been messed with long, long, long ago to disconnect us from the divine, for one thing, and then to disconnect us from the deepest part of our own minds. Yeah. So we're functionally uh, corrupted in the way we operate to u- even use our mind fully and effectively. And so the transition back to the light affects a healing if yes. it's successful. You know, it can be thwarted. But that, that should be a, a powerful message to us that there are profound reasons why the world is a mess. Yes. And where our dysfunctional thinking and actions and behavior come from. Why people are so unpredictable and volatile and in the dark about things. So this is a tough, uh, tough environment. You asked creator years ago, a person we know dated a woman who he was highly attracted to. A very profoundly psychic friend at the time warned him that her higher self was evil. This evaluation was questionable then and is questionable now. What was the psychic in fact sensing? Was he picking up on a dark spirit attachment, perhaps an especially powerful one, who was co-opting the role of higher self? And he understandably mistook her for mistook that for her actual higher self. All right, creator's words in answer. You are seeing correctly that there is something wrong with that intuitive perception because the higher self cannot be evil. This is because the higher self is within the divine realm where evil does not exist. What, is, what was being seen intuitively is that the person in question was under the control and influence of another consciousness that was an overseer with a more lofty status, at least in the perception of the psychic conveying the information But this was not a higher self. In actuality, it was an extraterrestrial handler, using psychic means to manipulate the woman to alter her thoughts, feeling, and behavior. This is not at all uncommon in your world. One way or another, everyone is being monitored and handled in some fashion, either as a member of the aggregate of humanity through a generic mind control manipulation onslaught through your electronic media, 
that influences you subliminally or corruption via dark spirit possession targeting you with an agenda to undermine certain aspects of your life to cause problems and limit progress. So this episode was instructive in revealing there is more to the world than meets the eye. People are not exactly what they seem. There are deeper layers and elements, motivations, and sources of manipulation always at work. People witness this on a daily basis, not understanding its true meaning and dimensions. You see people as being volatile, unpredictable, and often unreliable because they can be two-faced, seeming to cooperate or wanting to associate with you and offering something of themselves as in a love relationship. But then something darkens and they pull away and leave great pain in their wake. There are many ways people manipulate one another, and this is simply viewed as people being cynical and self-serving when it is truly a deeper problem. You are all divine beings and extensions of divine consciousness. When you are not acting in divine alignment, it is because of a corruption of your being that has been engineered to happen, rarely being noticed by the individual themselves, but will be seen by others and just chalked up to a kind of basic belief not all people can be trusted, and not realizing what they are seeing is inhuman behavior in a literal sense and not a figurative one. You know, this story is a true one, and it represents a decades-old dilemma for someone I know, actually. And um, the interesting thing is it has all the hallmarks of an alien love bite. We've, we've talked about that, I think, t- brief touchly on that in other shows and other contexts within Get Wisdom. But, um, you know, this idea that aliens essentially weaponize the feeling of love, I think that's what happened here, Carl. Yeah, it's quite, quite likely The aliens are loveless beings. That is their dilemma, and that's why they're evil. They're disconnected from the divine. That's where love comes from, and the ability to love, which is kind of ironic, with people rushing rushing to join the secular movement and sort of be done with religion and the idea of God and so on. And they're cutting off their own lifeline to, to everything that's wondrous and makes living worthwhile. It's a slow loss, but a steady one, and it's a downward spiral all the way. Well, we have to arrest that downward spiral and head on back up, and one way you can do that is by checking out the Lightworker Healing Protocol. You can download our ebook on the Lightworker Healing Protocol at getwisdom.com slash LHP. That's getwisdom.com slash LHP. Check it out, and we'll check out more on this topic when we come back with more Get Wisdom right after this. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Scientist and inventor Carl Mollison has discovered how a tiny percentage of people throughout history have made direct contact with God. At Get Wisdom, we have a searchable database of the Creator's wisdom and guidance from asking hundreds of probing questions. Get a free download from the Creator, answering the biggest questions people have wondered about. Who are we? Where do we come from? Why are we here? And where are we going? Get a free download explaining how to make prayer work in powerful new ways. We offer divine healing sessions with our comprehensive Lightworker Healing Protocol and train practitioners on how to save and heal humanity. 
We pierce the veil in channeled interviews with famous departed people now in the light to probe the greatest mysteries. Our weekly webinars feature the creator's wisdom about solving the burning issues challenging us personally and globally. And we welcome viewer questions. There is no death. There are no secrets. Get enlightened. Visit GetWisdom.com. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. You're listening to Get Wisdom with Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. They are here to answer your questions and comments about the program. Send us an email to contact at getwisdom.com. That's contact at getwisdom.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to the second segment of this week's Get Wisdom. We're looking at Crater's discussion of soul-level dilemmas, soul-level mysteries, but really around the topic of what's it like when we get back to the light? What's the process of getting back there? What are the components and how they integrate and affect it? We're kind of doing a little bit of a deep dive here, Carl, but we're, we're probing for new knowledge always. Well, we're getting it, and this is very helpful if people can hear the message and listen. Absolutely. This is this is a you know a really interesting discourse here. We're we're learning new things and at least getting validation of things that may have been suspected all along, such as there is no evil in the higher astral realm. It does not exist. Yes, there are so, no evil higher selves, Carl. <laughs> yes. Well, and no no evil higher selves. Yeah. U.S. Creator. We know the members of the extraterrestrial alliance have similar spiritual anatomy in having a deep subconscious and higher selves. We know they no longer have guides and guardian angels looking out for them, and that they are almost completely cut off from their higher selves. Creator has said they are on the verge of being cut off from divine support altogether in the form of life force energy. What happens to the higher self? Is it lost too? Does the entire expanse of soul perish, or just the incarnated fragment? Okay, and Creator tells us, in effect, what happens is that portion of the soul will perish. It is the part at risk, after all, in venturing forth as an independent being. The guardianship of the higher self is also a soul extension, but because it resides within the divine realm, is not at risk of dissolution and destruction, and so we'll reintegrate with the soul proper at such point as there's no longer energy sent for the physical extra, extraterrestrial to exist. So all portions of that being in terms of consciousness associated with the body would essentially disintegrate, meaning it would, in effect, dissolve its current form and be absorbed into the vast sea of energy of all kinds. So there is a native form of consciousness that exists in providing a framework for the makeup of all in existence. It is kind of the mortar that keeps everything in place and provides strength and energy that can be utilized for new creations. So in effect, the consciousness is recycled and not destroyed. What is lost is the existence and identity of that soul extension that was a former being. The information content is what disintegrates and can be no more as an aggregate to recreate that being. So it is a true death in the biblical sense, from ashes to ashes, from dust to dust. The raw energy of creation forming their being 
once cut off from divine support, will return to that basal state, leaving no trace of their existence. Well, this wasn't a very long answer, but boy, it was right on point. This answered a, a long curiosity I've had about what happens to the higher self in these circumstances, and Creator answers it succinctly here. Well, and, and this is kind of a, a point of differentiation. We're, in a sense, looking at our future and assessing what happens to these dark extraterrestrials and the dark spirits who have turned away from love and light. They're on their own, and increasingly the ETs are in danger of this dissolution of having their energy withdrawn totally. And if that happens, they are goners. Yep. It won't happen to us, even the evil among us, because God has not given up on us yet. Yes. But it's up to us to be in divine alignment, and if we drift away, to find a way back. There will always be inspiration and outreaches done to save us. But at some point, this can't go on forever. And we've learned that their connection, their lifeline back to Creator is provisional and basically only still exists as long as there's still a chance for us to save them. And if that opportunity is lost, they're lost. So it's not a small small thing, self-consequence that we're dealing with here, Carl. (laughs) Well, and, you know, one could argue if we can't, awaken to the need of these other beings and help them, how can we expect to be helped ourselves when we're following the same path, glorifying technology over spirituality and giving up on the idea of the divine and morality being conditional and it comes from the state like everything else and (laughs) and all these notions that are poisonous to our soul. Yeah, yeah. If we can't solve our own, if we can't uh, solve our own dilemma, you know, we're in trouble. And uh, we certainly can't help them if we don't solve our own dilemma as well. So we got a lot of work to do. You ask, Creator, how many higher selves had physical lives in the past? Once they become a higher self, do they still do some still return to physical incarnation for, say, mission lives? Can a higher self become a walk-in and replace the soul they were acting as higher self for? All right, Creator says, the higher self is the soul extension, but less a separate integrated being than an incarnated person. There is always a tether, the so-called silver cord, that is a metaphor representing the interconnectedness of consciousness. So people in physical incarnations are nonetheless still connected to both their higher self and the deeper soul level. This is much more the case for the higher self, that it is still an integral part of the soul, but simply a kind of compartmentalized aspect with a highly focused mission to be monitoring and interacting with the incarnated soul extension, to be a resource and a safeguard as well as a source of guidance, inspiration, healing, and protection. This is a sacred duty and in a sense reflects that of the soul itself, which takes quite seriously its sacred duty to be a member of the community of souls and be of service to the divine and the divine plan. As such, the higher self enjoys ready access to the expansion of divine wisdom always ongoing 
and nowhere reaches the level of depravity and darkness of living human beings reacting to the challenges of physical existence and meeting with harm at the hands of others and so on. So the higher self, by its very nature, is a lofty part of the soul and needs to be available to be called on for such duties, and that is its purpose. As such, it has no interest or desire of its own to incarnate anywhere, because it is totally dedicated to carrying out its functional purpose. So the higher selves do not trade off with the parts of the soul that incarnate as physical beings to carry out such roles. After all, if you think about the difference between the duties and the respective environments and the contrast that exists between what humans experience as a physical entity and what the higher self enjoys, being within the divine realm, these are extremes of polar opposites that are inherently incompatible. Only those aspects of the soul expressing great courage and a desire for novelty, challenges to overcome, and bold adventures comprise the attributes that are a basic necessity to mount a physical extension of the soul itself. This would not be undertaken by the more lofty and fully developed parts of the soul, sharing in a more profound way the sum total of soul attributes. It is not a complacency. It is a state of completion they enjoy. Those aspects of consciousness within the soul that already have reached a level of existence that is quite unthinkable to surrender, even for a short while. There are other parts more uneven, more restless, more volatile, and it is those giving rise to a desire to take on the adventure of physical incarnation. So it is not a question of one being more worthy than the other, but simply having a different makeup and having a good sense of what that means and what it can lead to, and sticking with what is most appropriate for one's being, because the other choice would represent a lessening from its perspective rather than the, an opportunity to grow further in some way. Well, there's a lot to, uh, to parse there, <laughs> for sure. Um, but, you know, this idea that um, the higher self is a fundamentally kind of a different aspect of consciousness in ourselves I think that's helpful because some people might think that, you know, the higher self is kind of like us, but maybe a little more evolved. But creators something has something else here. It's, it's really a difference in, in kind. Yeah, it, it, is, it is qualitatively different because it is more lofty all the way around. Yeah. And we are a more incomplete expression of soul potential and that is why we're seeking something it's that something missing that we're after that intrigues us to launch into some kind of new unknown enterprise or even one we've beaten our heads against the wall with many many times but not mastered we're ready to go again and it's that inner drive and the courage that it takes to do that this being capitalized on here to help solve this dilemma for creator. Yes. It really is creator's dilemma first and foremost because this is creator's creation to make existence be what it is. And when part of it 
goes on a new path and then things go wrong and it goes off the rails. There needs to be a solution and that is what we are. We're the solution. So to fix the broken physical realm with the onset of evil, the brave among the soul contingents in the light have volunteered to come and do the duty. Yes. Be the boots on the ground for God and help to solve this problem of evil once so, and for all. So really, it's a it's a it's a qualitative difference and not a diminishment per se. It's an important function. Is what what's being said here? Yeah, it's more. Yeah, it's more about a difference, and so taking advantage of that. Just like among humans, some people are more adventurous than others. You've got the sort of lone crusader who goes and tilts the windmills and and tries to overcome the impossible and others who are more mainstream and happy in a kind of routine and have jobs much like others and in similar lives that are cozy and well-structured and predictable. And then you've got the adventurous, the people who do the rock climbing without any ropes, you know, they're, (laughs) they're risk takers and the mountain climbers, they, they want something new and fresh and different. And there is a place for that. There truly yes, is. Indeed. You ask, Creator, how much of what we think of as negative emotion is still felt by light beings in heaven? Is there still worry, anxiety, sadness, fear, regret? This, of course, if it persists, would vary from soul to soul. Is there any correlation between the level of emotion in the light and the level of emotional difficulty when incarnated. All right. So this is, is illuminating, I think, what Creator says. These are Creator's words. There is indeed a huge difference between the emotional life of a physical human and that of a divine being within the heavenly realm. There are a range of emotions experienced routinely by light beings that are unachievable by physical humans. You are constrained greatly by the physical makeup and the physical energies. Your joys are meager compared to ours. Your ability to experience the heights of appreciation and the possibilities in feeling pleasure are quite rudimentary and inevitably quite short-lived. Even the pleasures you will have, even, even the pleasures you have will wear off and become lessened through routine, even when intense artificially through taking drugs that create pleasurable moods and physical sensations within the body. They do not create feelings that can be maintained for a great period of time. And in fact, the pleasures will decline with frequent indulgence, as well as having a physical consequence through addiction, because the physical makeup is simply not equipped for promoting a blissful existence on a perpetual basis. This is a consequence of existence within the physical because of its demands. Constant bliss would turn out to be deadly because people would have no pushback sufficient from the environment to motivate them to get down to business and see to the physical labors needed and so on. In a sense, the creation and existence of humanity is in response to a high degree of perfection pre-existing you within the divine realm where everything is lofty and orderly, and in a sense working against change, because few would choose to be less perfect. So there is a sameness that in a sense is a kind of confinement. 
Having free will and free agency creates a separation when portions of the soul are launched to become a separate entity, at least for a time. So what is needed is not for the divine realm to become more uneven, more negative, more difficult and challenge through discord, disappointment and disarray, but for the realm of the independent, currently now only in the physical realm of your galaxy, to use their reason and logic and capability for appreciating lofty notions to seek a higher way of living. You are intended to be ambassadors of light to raise up the world you inhabit. We can see a vast future where many worlds undergo a kind of contest of this sort, but we are depending on you in the vanguard among the physical human family to lead and inspire those worlds in ways that enable them to avoid the mistakes that have happened in your galaxy, where tyrannical races of beings can subvert and destroy other worlds because they become depraved and power-hungry to an evil extent. If you solve this problem, you will take that solution forward into the future so that never again will there be such tragic consequences from evil corruption. So this experiment is intended to bring new joys in allowing greater contrast, but not to the extent of anything like the pain and suffering you experience in your current world, but to make everything better as a template for the entire universe to follow. Well, Creator certainly is once again laying out our future and the grand task in front of us um, and, and the possibilities as well. But I also take away from this the fact that too much bliss can be deadly, Carl. Remember that. Oh, I, I'm, I'm willing to risk it. <laughs> if anybody up there is listening, I'll, I'll risk it. But uh, that's that's that my human self speaking. You know, I'm yes. tired of the struggle and the the, the the contest with evil uh, long ago I passed that that mark but but I'm still here and I'm still doing my best. Your cup overfloweth, Carl. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm rich. Yeah, <laughs> I'm rich with suffering and discord and all around me. <laughs> well, we have a lot of richness at GetWisdom.com. Be sure to visit GetWisdom.com and check out all this richness. We have uh, untold hundreds of hours of content across. Uh, channelings, across webinars, across radio show. We have oh, well over 100 radio shows now. And um, there's good stuff in all of it. So you can, if you have time to kill, and even if you don't have time to kill, go check it out <laughs> and partake because there's a lot to take in. We'll be back with more Great Wisdom right after this. America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. Scientist and inventor Carl Mollison has discovered how a tiny percentage of people throughout history have made direct contact with God. At Get Wisdom, we have a searchable database of the Creator's wisdom and guidance from asking hundreds of probing questions. Get a free download from the Creator, answering the biggest questions people have wondered about. Who are we? Where do we come from? Why are we here? And where are we going? Get a free download explaining how to make prayer work in powerful new ways. We offer divine healing sessions with our comprehensive Lightworker Healing Protocol and train practitioners on how to save and heal humanity. We pierce the veil in channeled interviews with famous departed people now in the light to probe the greatest mysteries. 
Our weekly webinars feature the creator's wisdom about solving the burning issues challenging us personally and globally. And we welcome viewer questions. There is no death. There are no secrets. Get enlightened. Visit GetWisdom.com. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. You're listening to Get Wisdom with Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. They're here to answer your questions and comments about the program. Send us an email to contact at getwisdom.com. That's contact at getwisdom.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to the final segment of this week's Get Wisdom. We're exploring Creator's discussion on soul-level dilemmas, uh, soul-level mysteries if you have it. Um, you know, barn finds are a, are a big kind of thing today where people are finding old cars, you know, cl- classics, you know, buried under dust in a barn and forgotten. And uh, I'm thinking of like this show is kind of like a heaven find. <laughs> you know, we're, we're finding classics in heaven. And uh, we're going to be exploring that a little bit in a minute here, Carl. Yes, well, we don't spring off of religion directly. There's many reasons for that. We're not trying to criticize anyone or, or uh, imply anything necessarily about any particular brand of faith. But we can't please everyone. And as soon as you start picking one, you seem to be sliding the others and so on. So occasionally we'll make a reference to a religious figure to make a point about something. But it's to be instructive and uplifting always and, and not to try to showcase one faith at the expense of others. That's a human perspective we don't indulge in. So please don't complain to us that we're not <laughs> honoring your particular faith heritage and particular leanings. It's, it's not intentional to cause harm. It's that we want to be revenue neutral so everyone can listen and gain something in a kind of a, an ecumenical sense, a generic sense. Absolutely. You asked Creator, what did Jesus mean when he said, store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in or steal? Okay, and Creator says, he was speaking metaphorically using materialistic examples because those are things of value to people they can relate to. But truly speaking about spiritual attainment, the evolution of character leading to divine alignment and a purity of soul expression to be at one's best. And that is the state of being within heaven where all are on God's wavelength, so to speak, and members of a close-knit community of souls Sharing in a con- sharing continually with the Almighty, all that happens, with knowledge moving in both directions, in a sharing and growth that enhances everyone. This is the ultimate in unity and fairness, the equality all among the physical have yearned for through the ages, living as they do in a world of class distinctions, of power hierarchies being lorded over by tyrants all too frequently, and having many disadvantages and suffering lack of basic necessities at times in ways tantamount to torture. So Christ's message was giving a preview 
of what to expect in the future if one strives to be worthy and ready to ascend in a return to heaven. So likening that to having treasures is not an overstatement, but in fact underrepresenting the contrast between where you are and where we are. So he indeed was speaking divine truth about the realities of existence to encourage people to embrace divinity as the surest path to reaching safety and the joys of heaven and moreover in that practice can attain heaven on earth. Well, I think there's a lot being said here that um, creators kind of advocating, you know, in storing your treasures in heaven means pursuing a spiritual path and, and looking towards a kind of a loftier philosophy of life, you know, uh, trying to figure out the bigger dilemmas that that's that go beyond just a single lifetime. Um, thinking yes, expansive. And, and that those those treasures are available to us here. Yes. At least in some measure if we pursue them and if we do what is required of us to become in alignment with that level of spiritual completeness. We can yeah. we can reach for it. We can work towards it. Even if we're flawed and imperfect and can't sustain things for all that long and being on our good behavior and so on, the more we do, the better we'll get at it. And that's good preparation for what's coming. And eventually, we're all going to go back or at least make the attempt. Yes. And treasure stored in heaven lasts a lot longer than treasure stored in a barn, Carl. I think that's probably the <laughs> Yeah, we're talking infinity. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. You ask creator, souls are more wise than back in the light, which is evident from the channelings of light beings. Yet, there is a difference in wisdom even noticed in the light from soul to soul that we would be predictive of difficulty the souls will have when they reincarnate. Is there a difference? All right. And creator tells us souls indeed are distinctly unique. They are more alike than different in having a tremendous capability and are truly vast in scope. But they have strengths and weaknesses with respect to the extent of expression of the vast array of possible attributes. In the same way, you see reflected in human makeup and achievement, where all have a body and most can stand, walk, and run. But some are more athletic, some are more intellectual, some are good at mathematics, and for others it can only remain a puzzle. Some are musical, some cannot carry a tune. The souls have an equality in the existence of many, many capabilities, but they have an individual makeup that is choosing to favor certain things over others because personally they have greater appeal. So it is more a question of choice than an endowment that in effect dictates what is possible and what is not. Each soul follows its own inner desires and instincts, the consequence being a greater attainment for those things it focuses on and lesser capability, at least at the moment, in using aspects of its makeup that have been neglected. So there is a similarity there with the human experience, but not for quite the same reasons. After all, humans are facing many physical limitations imposed by the environment and not living as a light being with unlimited energy and creative powers to make things happen readily. The human lives are exceedingly short and have a kind of arc 
where people eventually go into a physical decline despite their growth and extensive life experience, at least by human standards. Souls are immortal, so they enjoy a vast experience base, not to mention the ability to integrate with and share the collective knowledge and wisdom of the aggregate of souls in ways humans cannot do. But that is also why having an experience as a physical being can be so instructive and add a kind of texture and richness to the experiencing of the soul, because it truly presents an understanding through life experience of the value in all the soul is able to accomplish within the divine realm. Indeed, there is nothing taking place without purpose. Whether it seems lofty or quite limited and trivial, it all has meaning and is a contribution to the whole. You know, I couldn't help but thinking as you were reading this, Carl, that uh, someone like Bob Dylan is actually musical and cannot carry a tune. <laughs> but the bottom line is, is that we're all exploring uniqueness in a sense. You know, we're, we're, we're not only contributing to our own soul, we're contributing to all of creation. We're literally exploring the unknown, each one of us. Yes, yes, we are. And our imperfections and our struggle against difficulty is informing our soul greatly about its blessings. And so we're kind of like the painful stub toe, but, but it's <laughs> instructive and it's making a contribution. And Creator has said, this is a tremendous one, one we can't appreciate yet, but only will in our future. You ask Creator, can Creator share how prayer work and the Lightworker Healing Protocol will help each of us exponentially increase the treasure we can store up in heaven? All right, Creator tells us, what you are advocating in the recommendation of prayer and using the Lightworker Healing Protocol is a direct extension of the message Christ was giving about, in effect, sweat equity that nothing happens without it first being desired at the, at the human level. This is the gift you have been given. The fact you might see it as a punishment or a penalty, living in a difficult world with a, in a difficult life, and not realizing it is your choice to do so, which puts you at a disadvantage. The messages you are hearing make clear you have far greater choices available to you. If you follow the admonition to work towards the treasures in heaven, starting with the here and now, you will only have joy and greatness to look forward to in your future. The way to get there is through preparation. You are in a state of disconnection from the divine, not of your choosing, but enforced on you by the interlopers. You can use prayer as a substitute for having a direct interplay with creator in your mind. If you let the disconnection imposed upon you truly disconnect you from a partnership, that becomes a choice you have made and will have consequences, and you must be left on your own by the divine because you are choosing that and accepting the disconnection is your reality. You need not accept the state of affairs. Every thought you have is heard by Creator, but it is not enough to exist to receive divine guidance and support. You must ask for your divine partner to take part in your life in some way. We can tell you there are many things the divine can do to help you along the way. 
The most powerful is to use the lightworker healing protocol, which in effect is like a series of high-level informed prayer requests about the many sources of negativity affecting humans in the physical. And this will help right the wrongs of history and the ongoing manipulation, constraining your society and harming you personally. And to bring healing, not only for you and the challenges you face and the shortcomings you might be facing with physical frailty, emotional insecurity, financial difficulty, and trouble in unsatisfying relationships. There is a path to make things much, much better through healing the interlopers, keeping you constrained, keeping you restricted from the full flower of your potential as divine extensions. You must grow into this. You must work on growing those treasures, often through healing the obstacles in the way. This has long been talked about, but is the clearest message allowable by your overseers who indeed have corrupted everything, including religion, to misdirect and misinform. Some truths have gotten through nonetheless. You are being given truth here in every word spoken. You can build and strengthen a partnership with the divine that can see you through and make all the difference. If you can solve the problem of evil, which is your life purpose, the rewards will be beyond your imaginings. This will take a concerted effort. There need to be many more awakened to the truth of this and inspired to again take up prayer and in particular healing in a high level way that can actually work. Harboring hope is a bridge to a better future, but if it is all you do, it will not be enough. Hope must lead to a marshalling of inner resolve, knowing there is truth in what we say. You need to take action yourself. You cannot count on others doing this for you, and you need to encourage others as well to take up the cause and devote something of their energy and intention for the betterment of all. There is nothing of greater purpose or value you will be creating the treasures in the future as you go. Just have to underscore, you know, the message is said again and again and again. Um, we have to be a participant in our own future, in our own salvation, essentially. And um, we have to ask, we have to be involved and make the request to bring in the divine intervention that will heal the interlopers and save our world. Yeah, this is a test of us. Will we take action? And it's up to us to do that. God isn't going to fix things. We can't just sit and be complacent. We have to act first and request divine help, but do what's needed on our end as best we can. And you can start that process by visiting GetWisdom.com, download our LHP email, uh, ebook at GetWisdom.com slash LHP, and check us out next week for another episode of Get Wisdom. Thanks, everybody. Be well. Thank you for listening today. Please tune in next Friday for another edition of Get Wisdom with Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. They'll be here at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We wish you a beautiful week. 